reading from Ephesians. What this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretense, tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other, after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you used to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't touch such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Watch what God does, and then you do it, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Here ends the reading. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be truly acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. A few years back, I found God. Oh, it was so exciting. It was just fabulous to have him so close to me. He was there all the time. And, and I really latched on to God. I latched on for good. Oh, you know, I wanted him right next to me. So what I did was I took God and I placed him in the right front pocket of my Levi's blue jeans, right there. That way I knew I could find him. It would be instant access and instant communication. You know, I didn't have to call God on the phone. He was right here, right indeed by my side. There he was. I felt so secure. I knew that we were, we were really tight, God and me. Yep. And I was so proud. Sometime I'd just haul him out for no reason. Just to see him. Just to say hello. And you know, in time, I would take God to parties. I would take God to the party, and I'd go up to my friends, and I'd reach down into my hip pocket, and I said, Look, see God? Do you want to be connected to him? Here's my God. He's very close to me. Then I'd put him back in my hip pocket, or my front pocket, because 
we were very, very close. God, you know, was great at the party. And I mean, who would think he's the ultimate party favor? Huh? Well, time moved on. And, you know, I got married. And uh, I got pregnant. It was a blessing. Got pregnant and um, got a house. So that meant, you know, we were going to be living the American dream. We had it all. And I thought, boy, this is fantastic. It's really great. But I'm going to have to get another job to kind of help pay all of these bills, you know, because, um, because we, really, we really had a lot of expenses, and I was not exactly thrilled about that, but I had very little time to myself. My, my keys, you know, were in my pocket now, my money, my credit cards. It had all advanced so much in my life and had been so much more complicated, and I found that it was a little, a little difficult in my right front pocket to get around God to get to my money, and so I decided he wouldn't mind if I just lifted him out and kind of transferred him over into my left front pocket of my jeans. And so he didn't seem to mind. I did that. I, I slid him over and comfortably placed him in my right, left front jeans pocket. Well, you know, we were still friends. I could still be with him, but um, I had so much to do all the time. Something had to give. My family was important, but I wasn't seeing them. There's only 24 hours in the day. My job was taking up more and more of my time. And, uh, and so what I had to do was to just make some decisions. And so, so God was there, but I didn't, uh, I didn't bring him out quite as much anymore uh, because, you know, I had, I had so much to do. And so it was a relationship that was evolving. It was, it was changing. It didn't seem quite the same now to bring him out at parties, you know. Uh, I'd grown up. He was still my friend, get me wrong, occasionally. But, you know, it was, it was hard. God, God had grown up and I had grown up too. And so we had what you might call a more formal business relationship now. Business relationship, yeah. Well, time marches on, and uh, my little Bailey was born. We called, her, we called her Bailey, my little girl. Oh, she was fantastic. I loved that kid. It was so great. And because of, of all her needs, you know, I, uh, I thought it would be important to, to continue to work hard, harder and harder. What happened was that, you know, as it goes... My marriage also was taking a hit. I was never home. My husband and I were um, a little bit distant, you could say. We were fighting all the time. It was like a cement wall had gone up between us. And I was increasingly so lonely. And I just stuffed that loneliness into my jeans pocket. Actually, I felt that Right now, I had so many things going on, so many to-do lists. I just had to transfer God out of my bulging pocket into my back right hip pocket, which I did. Again, he didn't protest. He didn't protest. I knew where I could find him. 
He was still my friend, occasionally, when I needed him. And, boy, I needed something. I was so lonely. I stuffed my disappointment, my heartache. My marriage was dissolving. And so, as is often the case, I took up with a man at work. We had a little affair going. It was really passionate, you know, at first, really hot stuff. And then it would, it would die down and be kind of cool. But it was really awful to come home to see Bailey and put her into her bedroom at night and think about what I had done. I was so ashamed. I tried to push all of my guilt and my heartache down inside my back right hip pocket. I put it down there thinking all of my dirty little secrets would stay hidden. But as I pulled my hand back up out of my right hip pocket, the back of my hand touched the face of God. Oh, my word, I thought. I can't believe that I've been doing this. To have my affair in the same pocket with my God. Same pocket with my God. I was heartsick. I almost threw God out of my pocket into my back left hip pocket. It seemed only thing I could do. We hardly spoke. He didn't say a word to me. And I was so, so broken. God didn't protest. Because now we had become pretty much non-entity to each other. I mean, he was to me. He had become imprisoned, should we say, in my back hip pocket. The affair had taken care of that, the final blow. Well, time marches on. Time marches on. I love that kid, Bailey. No, she was just the light of my life. And uh, she calls me mommy now. Oh, that was great, hearing her call me mommy. And so um, I just, she was the light of my life. But by now, I thought, you know what? I, uh, I can't continue with these jeans. I have so worn them for so many years, I decided it's by far time to get a new pair of jeans. So I did. I tossed these out, and I got my new jeans, and I thought, there, that's something new, a new lease on life now. But as getting the new jeans, I forgot to transfer God into any of my pockets. It was a horrible realization, really. And so... I was an idiot. What can I say? Suddenly, all of my pockets were empty. Then came the horrifying news. It just stopped my heart. I got a call from the hospital. My little girl, Bailey, had been hit by a car. I was broken. That morning, apparently, she had run out into the street. She was in surgery now. The doctor said she was doing well. But I reached into my pocket for God. Like there was nothing there. I reached into my other front pocket. There was no God. My back hip pockets, there was no God. Where are you, God, I said. How can you do this to me now? Here I am in the ultimate hour of need, and you have abandoned me. You're not here. What kind of a God are you? Are you a loving God at all? 
I was panicky, and then I was frozen. Silence. The silence from God crushed me. For the first time, there was no access in my pockets to my God. It was a very sad, sad time. Suddenly, deep down in my soul, all of my job, my work, my new house, it all seemed meaningless without God. All of the money I'd been making, all of the comfort we had, that also seemed meaningless. I needed, I needed to be back in my relationship with God. So I walked into Bailey's room. She was there now, but still unconscious from the surgery. I sat down on a chair next to the end table by her bed, and there was a little pile of clothes there. Her little shirt that she'd been wearing that morning and also uh, these little bitty blue jeans that we had got her. There was blood spattered on those little jeans. It just took my breath away. I ran my hand across the top of her jeans, wondering what, what little excitement of nature had caused her to run into the street. Was it a, a ball that had run in or some little creature? I stuck my hand inside her pocket when all of a sudden, <gasps> there, inside her little pocket, was God. Her God, my God, God of her present, the God of my past. He looked at me with loving eyes of a father, tears brimming in the bottom of his eyes, and he said, with no judgment in his voice, you know, She's our Bailey. She's my daughter, too. And how I love that kid, said God. He found me again, or I should really say, I found God again in the front pocket of my little Bailey's blue jeans. 